This is the Warrington Football Podcast, Season 2, sponsored by Touchline UK. On the show this week, we've got the usual full roundup of all the weekend's action. Plus, we've got a very special returning guest. This is the Warrington Football Podcast. Welcome to the Warrington Football Podcast, episode 70 tonight, so thank you for sticking with us for this length of time. Um, delighted to be joined tonight, suffering from a little bit of an injury suffered in today's match. Tim, how are you? Wonderful, mate. Just been telling you my uh, lovely stories for the week, you know, getting drive-by shootings on my push bike and uh, getting a ball to the side of the head. Great week up to now. I'm just waiting to fall off my chair in a minute and then everyone can laugh at me on the podcast. Oh, it sounds like a brilliant week, mate. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to hearing about your concussion sustained in today's game later on. Also joined by Elliot Keogh. How are you, sir? Yeah, not too bad, Rick. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good. Uh, yeah, last game for a little bit, bit of time with Ryland yesterday, so I'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, it was a great game yesterday, so... Go through that as well. Also yeah. joined by the Queen. Bit of a tough game today, Helen. The Queen. <laughs> the queen. Yeah, it was a. <laughs> it was a very tough today. Yeah, it was great to watch. Uh, watch the game yesterday. Town uh, drawing last minute goal, brilliant. But uh, but yeah, today for us was quite tough. So. And last, but absolutely by no means least. He's gone, been gone for a while, but he's back tonight and he's back for good. It is the godfather, the chairman, the founder of the Warrington Football Podcast. It's Jacko. Welcome back, sir. Oh, hello. I'm glad, I'm glad to be back. Um, it sounds like a bit of a take that song, doesn't it? Did, yeah. It did. Right. Someone should write a song like that. I started swaying as you were doing that <laughs> then, you know. <laughs> Most people would been, mate? That. I'm all right, mate. I'm good. Um, busy as ever, but uh, good. Just missed us too much. You had to come back. Yeah, well, I've come to save you. That's what it is. Yeah, owe it to the listeners to save them from me. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jacko. Do you want to talk us through the town game yesterday? Listening to the Warrington Football Podcast. Yeah, well, it was a it was a bit of a strange week for town. It was it was probably two games of awful, um, followed by five six minutes of unbelievable joy on on Saturday. Um, I think it was a reality check. I'm not sure if Elliot and Ellen were there. On Tuesday night, I think it was definitely a reality check against Tamworth. Tamworth by far and away 
the best team I've seen this season and by far away the best team that and they just outplayed town in some games where you just get outplayed completely. Um and then shoot Saturday they were dreadful town for the large majority of the game. Alfreton came with a game plan and executed perfectly, or almost perfectly up until the last six, seven minutes. Andre Wisdom scored an absolute worldie of a goal, which was a bit overshadowed by uh, Mr. Atherton once again popping up and getting the equaliser. But yeah, yeah, a bit, a bit of reality check for town this week. I think, you know, with uh, some fans are expecting playoffs and stuff, but I think mid-table mediocrity is exactly where town wanted. I don't know if you agree, Elliot. Yeah, and I think exactly that, really. I think Tamworth, in the time that I've been watching town, Tamworth are easily probably the best team that I've seen play play town. And there's, they've not got one superstar player. They are just a very, very good footballing team. And I remember we they were warming up and, and no joke, they must have a centre-half that must weigh close to 25, 26 stone. And, you know, you're all having a bit of a laugh and a joke. And But, wow, he, he's a good defender. Do you know what I mean? And even their striker carries a little bit of weight. He's a young lad, but he carries a bit of weight. But he isn't half an handful. And um, they just dominated town from start to finish. But a bit like Chris says there, we, we've not made it easy for ourselves at all this week. I think we were dreadful. Tuesday, we couldn't put two or three passes together. First touch was was poor. Um, we stuck to the same game plan of going long, but it just wasn't coming off for us. And then yesterday, Beasley reshaped the team a little bit, didn't he, yesterday? Um, Boan come back in. Amos was on the bench. I think that's just because he's played a lot of football recently. Um but I don't know about you, Chris. I, I thought we were a lot better in the second half when Wisdom moved into to hold the midfield role. Um, I thought we were a lot more composed in midfield. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think you know, Andre Wisdom's a class above, one of the best players I've ever seen at town. You can tell he's ex-Premier League, ex-Football League. He's by far and away better than everyone else. and He looks a bit out of, out of place at right back. Um, but yeah. the switch between him and Deck Walker was perfect. And, yeah, it was a, it was a better performance in the second half. I mean, the turning point yesterday was their lad missing that open goal from six yards out with, I think it was 30 seconds before Wisdom scored. I mean, if he scores, that's three nil, it's game over. Um, yeah. I don't know if you agree with that, Ellen, that sentiment. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I agree with both, you know, what you're both saying about both games. I think Tamworth, they were a great team. Like you say, they um, they played well as, as a team, but I do think that Town also were very, very poor. We, the First touch was poor, passing was poor. We just didn't play well at all. And then on Saturday, obviously a bit better. Um, like I said, they did mix up the, you know, shake up the team a little bit. Um, and just the the last again, Danny Often, that that was just brilliant. Just when when he started running up and we were we were having a uh, laugh with the lady at the club shop because we were standing in front of her there. And last time Danny scored, she came out. So we turned around to her and said, "Like, come out, because last time he scored, you were out, and she came out and he scored again." So it was, uh, it was quite funny, but no, brilliant, um, really, you know, a lot better, better game and uh, decent result for us, really. How we performed. Yeah, I, w- I would say that I called it ten minutes before it finished. Probably Tarrant scored <laughs> it in the first one. I said, "Oh, Tarrant will get a goal here, and then the in the last minute will get an equaliser." And everyone just laughed at me, but I should have put a bet on really. But I think there'd be some uh, suspicious betting patterns in Singapore or something. Game getting abandoned, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it was bizarre. You could see it coming from a mile from the minute he came into the box. No one marked him. 
no one ever does mark the goalkeeper, and he's 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 actually a better footballer than I think most people realise. He's not just a goalkeeper; he's actually a footballer. Well, it's been a blessing that's... in disguise, hasn't it, for Town? I think you know with um, Tony going, and it was a bit of a because we'd lost Luke Duffy, and then Tony Thompson left. It was everyone was in a bit of a downer, but it's turned out to be a massive blessing in disguise, hasn't it? I I don't know. I didn't know what Danny Avon was capable of myself. I know Rick, you do. You've you've known him quite well, and you do as well, Chris and and Helen. But I didn't know he was as good as what he is with his feet and in goal as well. He's he's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, he's a brilliant footballer. And I don't know if any of you'll know, but he actually um, Dan made his first team debut for Liverpool in a pre-season tour as a centre forward. So he was playing and. Um, I think they were short and he went on the pitch as a centre-forward. And like you say, he's, he's absolutely brilliant with his feet. And for me, as as a forward, the actual run he's made from that corner across the face of the defenders, it's a brilliant run. And then he's he's just flicked the header. It's a great header. So most centre-forwards would be really, really pleased with that. And uh, for him to get his second goal of the season is absolutely brilliant. It was yeah, very I mean, similar to his first goal, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Just jump, jumping yeah. up. He's, he's athletic as well. He's not just a, you know, some goalkeepers aren't very athletic. One stood sat on the screen right now, but yeah, thanks, Tim. But uh, yeah, he's 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 just he's just athletic. He's quick. You know, he's, he's, it's a weird thing for a goalkeeper to be as quick as he is, as good on the, as, on the ball as he is. I, I still think he could play higher up, but hopefully it stays yeah, in town for a number, number of years because he, he is a top player. I mean, there was talk when Town were really struggling with injuries about him playing actually outfield for Town at one point. So, yeah, I think he could. He's, he's, he's definitely got the ability, but obviously, you say that seeing seeing players warming up, but you you do put a keeper outfield, and uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think we've all seen the uh, goalkeeper coming on. I think it was an Irish league game last week and scored an absolute worldie. But it doesn't always work that way, as we saw with David James from Man City when he got brought on as a forward once. Yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a low point for Stuart Pearce. That, <laughs> but um, yeah, like Danny said in his um, post-match interview, he's he goes up there not to necessarily score, but just to throw people off and cause a bit of chaos in the box, and and he's actually got a, a knack of getting onto the end of crosses, so it's. Uh, it's great skill to have to to be able to throw him up there at the end of the game. But I just want to ask you, what do you think about Town's defence this year? Because obviously everything was built around that defensive shape. And you've not scored a great deal of goals this season. You've not actually conceded a great deal either. It's Every game's very, very low scoring. So you've scored 36, conceded 37 this season. So where do we think... It needs to improve on on town side. Is it the goal scoring that needs to improve, or improving on the defensive side? To be honest with you, I think they're having a having a season which we expect them to have. I mean, they've they've got up a league and they've done really well. I think the league is so good. I mean, the standard is unbelievable. It's so competitive. I mean, the games I've watched this year, there's only been one where we've been absolutely battered, um, which was Tamworth. Everyone, every other game, really, we've been involved or had our chances. I think Town struggle if they go one nil down. If Town go one nil down, they don't get back, or very rarely get back into win the game. But I think there's a there's a stat about them not losing a game at home this season if they go one nil up. 
and they haven't, they haven't for the whole of 2023 either. So that, that says a lot about what town are. They're a team that likes scoring first and sitting back and hitting teeth on the break, and that's how town play. And I think that's how yeah, they, they score a lot of very late goals as well, don't they, Jacko? Yeah, don't leave town early, that's definite. Some yeah, people what, yesterday as well. How many, how many penalties have you conceded this season now? Because that seems to be happening very regularly. Too many. Must be seven or eight. Yeah, it's, it's going to say there's a lot of penalties conceded by town. Uh, Dan saved two this season so far, but there's been a number scored past him. So what's is that just down to being over, overly zealous in the area, going in for challenges that you're not going to make? Is it bad refereeing decisions or is it just a mix of everything? You could never blame the referee. I mean, the, the one yesterday was just sloppy play. Everyone just seemed to switch off for ten, two seconds. That was it. Um I mean, remember the one against South Shields straight from the kickoff. There's been some real odd ones this season where you've not seen it before. Was that the Andy White one? The Andy White one. One of those bizarre... Yeah. Off after, what was it, 30 seconds he got sent off? Seven. Wow. It was one of the fastest red cards, I think, ever in history. Yeah. Well, yeah, Do you not find that um, Peter Clarkson, I know he's experienced, but he's absolutely brilliant, but he just gets caught a little bit, doesn't he, for pace if we... We're playing a team that's got a striker that's very, very quicker. Curzon Ashton was one that stood out for me where the forwards were, were quite quick and they got in behind quite a lot. Yeah, he's you know, his pace is one thing that is lacking severely, but like wisdom's not particularly quick either. But and the ladder who played against for Tamworth isn't particularly quick. They they would they would just read the game really well. I think Clark sometimes just lies in his place a little bit too much that has gone over the years. I think he's not as good at reading the game as say like a wisdom or a or the lad who played against Played for Tamworth on Tuesday night. Did Clark come on as a forward on Tuesday night? Yeah, yeah. The, game, the game was done, wasn't it? I think that was why he put him up front, give Amos a rest, because Amos runs himself into the ground some games. Um, and he did against Tamworth. He was on his own, pretty much fighting against two centre-halves. He just bullied him. Um, do, you, do you think you... I thought when you got rid of Jordan Buckley, I thought that you needed to bring in another forward just to take a bit of the pressure off of Josh. And that's not happened. Do you feel like there's there's too much of a focus just on Josh now to get the goals? He doesn't. He, I would think so. I think the, the biggest issue for Town is that obviously the money's quite tight. You can tell that with the ground funder. Um, I think that they only need four more wins and they'll be safe. That's the way I think Town are looking at it. Four more wins, fifty points that give you safety, and you can focus all your all your all your focus on the ground funder and all that. Um, because that's what all that matters. I mean, most town fans will take 20th place survival, ground sorted out, and then build for next season rather than wasting money this year when you probably look like you're going to be safe. I think, yeah. know, I think Beasley knows and Toby knows, don't they, that the squad that we've got now is more than capable to keep us in the division on the field. Do you know what I mean? So I don't think there was that desperation to, to go and replace Jordan Buckley. If we was down there in the relegation zone and fighting for our lives, I think maybe we would have seen another striker come in. But, you know, like Jacko says, Ed, I don't really think there's any game apart from Tamworth and, in my opinion, the Curzon Ashton one at home, where really we've been played off the park. Do you know what I mean? Um, what's your take so far, Jacko, on the season as a whole? Do you reckon, you know, Town are doing much, much better than what I thought we would do on the field? There's not much in it. There's not much in it, is there? I mean, there's, there's, there's. I, the way I look at it, and this is one that Ryan's may find next season, is that it's like playing the top six in the Northern Premier League every week. 
it's that sort of level. You're playing the best teams in the Northern Premier League every single week. That's what that's how I see the level of football. Um, there's some, I mean, there's some very odd plays in that league. Sort of Tonks is a great example of it. He played for Tamworth on 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 Tuesday. No, he was at Rush all at the start of the year, looked awful. He played for Stafford and looked awful. Yet on Tuesday night, he looked like an absolute world beater. His long throws were called in absolute chaos. And it was just, it's a, it's a weird league. I'm enjoying it, though. I'm enjoying going to the games. I'm enjoying watching the football because it's a good standard. And it's, you're playing against proper teams now. You're playing against proper clubs. Spongebob United. If you had told me 25 years ago when I first started watching, well, 30 years ago when I first started watching Town, that we were play, playing Spongebob United in the same league, I laughed at you because... We were playing Daisy Hill. That was that's when I started watching town. That's, so I'm I'm loving it at the moment. Yeah, I just think uh, moving well. on to sorry, H. Um, just moving sorry. on to the groundworks. We um we heard an interview Toby did with the BBC this week, and it's the first time I've heard him mention um the possibility of getting an extension to the groundworks, and it was just kind of putting a spotlight on how tight it's going to be with the timings. Was there any signs of works being done at the ground yesterday? There's, there's, there's been signs all season, haven't there? I mean, the, there's the, a big the, hole. There's a, <laughs> a few big holes. Particularly where Iceland is a big hole. But they keep on finding different things, don't they? And I think... Yeah, every every time they seem to be making progress, there seems to be another roadblock that gets thrown up. But I think the big one is next. I think next, next week after the Southpaw game, we've got a two-week gap. If the, as long as the weather's all right there, you'll see a lot more progress that week, like them two weeks. Yeah, yeah the worst thing that could happen is if there's a real cold snap in those two weeks, which will yeah. prevent the groundwork being done. That would be the absolute worst thing that could happen. But I, I think with, with what happened with Peterborough last year, you know, getting the reprieve thing, being allowed, as long as, you've got, as long as you've got everything in place and you're doing everything you possibly can, you get to let off a little bit. I think you get a bit of bit of grace period. But I'm I'm confident the town will get it done. You know they've 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 started the work already. They've got the funding in place now. The ground fund is not complete, but in terms of the football foundation funding is in place now, so they can start work. And it's it's a strange as long as they get that all done, I think they'll be fine. And that's that's the that for me is the most important thing. There's no point yeah. getting all the ground work done and then getting relegated. The team are doing better than what we thought they'd do, so there's, there's no real worry about that. It's just about getting the groundwork done. Yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge now. And I think it's. It's just going to be getting it done on time or within that that extension if it's needed. But that's the roundup from Warrington Town this week. So moving on to the blue side of town. You're listening to the Warrington Football Podcast. Rylands yesterday welcomed Whitby Town to the Hive Arena. Um, very, very uh, competitive game. Whitby, as you'll know, Jacko, historically a very, very tough team to play against. Um, they've actually been really good on the travels this season, Whitby, and they, they were just outside the playoffs. Um, Shane Bland, who plays for Whitby, probably one of the best goalkeepers in the league at that level. Um, I think he's an absolutely sensational goalkeeper. Um, he's quite a good friend as well, so I was having a good chat to him before before the game yesterday. Um, the game itself, as you'd expect, very, very competitive. Um, first half, there were very few chances. 
Um, Rylands took the lead in the 41st minute. Um, I posted it over um, social media last night. It was a lovely flowing move, working our way through the through the um, thirds, and it worked its way to Clive Smith down the right hand side. He's pulled the ball back to Mamadou Torre. Um, he'd actually promised me that he was going to score a goal for me yesterday, so um, he's took that one away, which was really good. Um, into the second half, um, Whitby came out really strong. Um, Rylands had a couple of counter-attacks, but didn't really use the ball well enough, and the moves kind of filtered out. Um, Whitby got a penalty in, I think it was about the 72nd, 73rd minute, um, it was a definite penalty. Um, the player from Whitby was just caught off balance, but then really bulldozed through the back of. So Jacob Gratton stepped up and Luke Pilling saved the penalty. It's his third penalty save this season. So that uh, kind of settled Rylands down. And there was a couple of chances after that. But defensively, Rylands as they have been the majority of the season, were, were brilliant defensively and saw the rest of the game out. So of the 25 games we've had this season, we've actually kept 10 clean sheets already, which is a pretty, pretty good um, return for Luke Pilling in the goal. Um, yesterday was my uh, last one with Rylands for a little bit, so I'm stepping away from match day duties with them. Um, Rhea's due in two weeks, so... Uh, just going to take a step back and spend a bit of time at home when the new baby arrives. So um, we'll be keeping an eye on it, but I won't be at match days for the time being after that. Jacko, how, how do you think Ryland's been doing this season from afar? Well, I've not been watching, I've not been watching the Ryland's this year. I've not watched much football outside of town, really, but they're doing all right. You can see they're, see they're doing well. Um, obviously, they benefited from Mars going bust um, with some of the teams losing points, but they have gained a couple of games and as well on on Ryan's now because of that. So they've got a good, they've got a great position. They've got a great chance. I think this year's a good chance to do it. Unfortunately for Ryan's, it looks like Radcliffe are starting to pull away a little bit and starting to get a bit of back, back on their form after their wobble over Christmas. But it's Mac. Mac are the ones to watch out for. I think they're going to start really either spending big, particularly after the beating Dorking yesterday 5 0. I don't know if you saw that result. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Which is an unbelievable result for Mac. But yeah, Ryan's had a good chance. You know, I think if you asked Ryan's Ryan's at the start of the season if they were happy with the playoffs and then bitten your hand off if you'd spoken to the chairman and the manager, I think, you know, playoffs would have been a fantastic it's a progression for the club again. It's another year of progression. Um which is all they want. I think that's that's all Ryan's do you want is progressing up the league and competing at the top end of the table. It'd be great if they got promoted. It really would. It'd be great to have a Warrington Derby again. Um but yeah, it's just a good season. I think that's the way to look at it. Pleggy's built a good yeah, team there as well. He's brought in some good players and what's a good team. Yeah, like you say, um, the the goal at the start of the season was to be challenging for those playoffs. And we, uh, after that first game against Radcliffe, we just got on a brilliant run of games. So we went 13 unbeaten, lost one, and now we've lost one in 10. So we do tend to go on really good runs of form. So, yeah, it's, it's all set up for the second half of the season. Um, Ryland's playing away at Workington on Saturday, so that's a, a long old trip up to the Lake District for them. It's always a really difficult place to go. I've never been there and been either dry or warm, so it's going to be cold and it's going to be wet up there. So 
another really challenging game for Rylands. So keep you posted always, on that next week. Yeah, they always make it a battle as well. I mean, if you've ever been yeah, to it, uh, it's, it's always it's always tough. They, they always have a big team. They always have a rough and tough team, and they just kick the living daylights out of you for ninety minutes, and then that's the end of the game. Um, yeah, it's a tough place to go. I've, I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen Town win there. So it is a tough place to go. Uh, just trying to think, have I ever won there? Um, I won there um, in 2000, the 2014-15 season when we had the FA Cup run. Um, we took a pretty much Warrington Town youth stroke reserve team with two first team players up to Workington on a Tuesday night for a League Cup game and we won 3-2. That's the only time I've ever won there. Yeah, <laughs> Driving I'm... back from Workington on my own on a Tuesday night, getting back at about half one in the morning wasn't pleasant and it was absolutely freezing that night. I think yeah, there was about 40 people watching. Yeah, I've, I've watched Town a couple of times up there and yeah, I've never seen them win. Um, my first ever Warrington Town win game was against Workington. My first... 1994-95. They were sponsored by the Big Breakfast. Um, <laughs> that's that's when I first started watching town. Yeah, yeah there's always um, <laughs> there's there's a bit of a rivalry between Rylands and Workington. Obviously, when Rylands came up from the NPL West, Workington could have won the league on the final day, but they ended up drawing away oh, at a really market and signed. They, they they bottled that season really Workington because they 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 have two games in hand on Rylands and they had to just win one of them to go up and they ended up losing losing one and winning one. I can't really lost two. Yeah, they lost one and drew one. They lost away at Marine and then drew. But after we'd played them, we played them. I think with maybe four games to go, and we were one nil up Rylands that is until about the 89th minute and they're right back from out of nowhere, absolutely scorched one into the top corner from about 30 yards. And, um, God, the abuse that we got after the game from the Workington fans. And you, we'd have loved to have seen them after the Market Drayson game and given them loads back, but it uh, didn't turn out that way. We just had to settle for the league title instead. Yeah, that Market Drayson game. I remember, I, I remember it because they, they were losing until about a minute to go as well, weren't they? Yeah, and, yeah, and they were losing. Like, because Rylands didn't beat Rylands drew a bootle. Rylands had to win to guarantee it, but they drew. Yeah, and, and somehow working to manage to. Because I was on the warm up at the time, and um, the warm up had arranged like a special special show at Rylands, and it was like, if this goes wrong, Rylands had to go look a bit stupid, but they got away with it in the end. Well, it was that close that the league had got double the amount of winners' medals um, um, made for it. So there were two league title trophies. There were two sets of winners' medals, and they had both sets at each club. So um, yeah, thankfully it worked out Ryland's side because you know how it is when when you're that close to winning the title and and you don't do it and you drop into the playoffs. Nine times out of ten, you don't win the playoff semi final, which which was the case with Workington. They they ended up losing out to Marine. Okay, so that's Town and Rylands. Um, now going to move across and speak to the Queen about her game this afternoon.
listening to the Warrington Football Podcast. Coincidentally, who are you playing, Helen? Workington Reds. <laughs> Workington? Yeah. Almost Workington, like we planned yeah. that segue. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a great day for us today. Um, so we were at home at Tetley Walkers. Um, a really, really soft pitch today. It actually looked really nice when we first turned up. Um, but the pits were very soft and really heavy, um, which I think for us, we've been debating it uh, or talking about it. Um, we train on on the Astro um, at Orford Jubilee. And I think when sometimes when we play on grass, especially when it's been bad weather, um, we struggle sometimes just to adjust from Astro to to grass um and of course sometimes we play on great sankey astro as well so so yeah it's not not an excuse because they obviously have to play on the same pitch um but a few few bad things didn't really go our way just from the off we had a lot of players that weren't well or were recovering from not being well um a few players missing as well um so it was a bad day really for us it was in the county cup um we actually started off really well for the first 10 minutes you know the, the ball was in there um, half the whole time we had a couple of chances um, just nothing nothing came off but unfortunately we lost uh, one of our centre-backs Gia after 15 minutes again that, that didn't help she pulled a groin um, and they basically went 1-0 uh, then 2-0 up um, I think after the first, their first goal went in our heads kind of went down and we didn't really have any chances um, up until half time and then um, they scored two more um, in the second half. And then we we got one back as a consolation, really, um, when Kerry Baker blasted. It was a great goal, actually. Blasted the ball past the uh, the goalkeeper after receiving a pass from uh, Nicola Chatterley. So, yeah, not 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 a great day for us. Um, player of the match was Emily Savage, who I think played really, really well. She We started off three at the back, um, and Emily was actually given the chance to go right wing, Um which she, she played really well there. Um, then, unfortunately, when Gia was injured, she had to come come back and be part of the three. Um, but she had a great game today. So, yeah, 4-1 loss today. And next, we've got no game next week. But the week after, we've got uh, Withenshaw, which will be an interesting <laughs> game. I can't play um, as well, which I'm good we, we know all about them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be good. Do you normally play three at the back? We have been for the last few games, yeah. We've uh, we've actually done really well. It's worked. Um, I think it's really tough on the wingers, especially today with the pitch being so heavy. Also, they've got a you know track back, and it's probably the toughest position to play when you're playing three at the back. But, um, but yeah, we've been we've been playing three at the back, and it's it's worked. It's been all right. Um, I think maybe today might just not might it might just not have worked as well. Um, but yeah, we 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 used to play four back four four. Well, four three three actually we often play, um, but now we've been playing three five one. Uh, just depends on who's available, really. We were yeah. we were struggling. Depends on personnel, yeah. doesn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Right, Ryland played three at the back yesterday. So right. yeah, and how did they get on? We yeah, um, it's the first time we played it this season. So I was speaking to um, Cleggy after the game, and that was kind of the formation that we had in mind pre-season with the the players we had available to us. Um, and just as you say, just through personnel, it's it's kind of reverted to a four-three-three because just yeah. we've never really had all three centre backs fit at the same time with with that cover. But we had um, 
we've got a left side, left footed centre back in Matt Regan. James Neal can play right full back, centre back, or centre mid, and James Butler can play through the centre. So if it works and you've got that balance, it I love it as a formation. I love three at the back. I think it it works really well and it gives you that freedom to play around more with the five offensive players, knowing that you've already got the width provided by the wing backs. So I, I do like it. I like wing backs as, as a back three formation. Yeah, you've got to have uh, wing backs that are willing to go forward and backwards. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you've you, got to be fair. It's just hard. You've definitely got yeah. to be fair. Yeah, but definitely. Um, I do... Sorry, I was going to say, I do have this um, a report from Lee as well. Oh, yeah, the I was Lynn just going to ask about them. I saw they'd uh, got a narrow victory again today over at Lim Rovers Women. <laughs> Yeah, very narrow. It was a 10-2 victory <laughs> against Eastleigh. Um, so that was in the league, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, it was in the league. Um, so he sent a report saying they opened, opened the scoring with Millie Bales um, for the first, that was her first of the game before Ellie Theaker shot. Uh, made it too. She scores she a lot. Actually, today, today she actually she only got, she only one. got one today, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't even know her, but <laughs> Seeing how many she scores every week and that she's only scored one today, she'll be absolutely fuming. She will. She'll be wanting a hat-trick, won't she? Um, <laughs> so Ellie Seeker made it two, and then Eastley actually got one back to make it 2-1. But they reacted really well. <laughs> and then Millie got a second of the game. Um, Francesca Miller, who came on for the injured Freya. So Freya scores some goals as well, and obviously she's gone on off injured. Hopefully it's not too serious. Um, but Francesca Miller got the first of her get of the game, um, made it four nil four one sorry, before Macy Wilding got her first of the game, making it five one at half time, and then the second half, Lee said that East Lee started really well and had them in in Lim's half quite a lot for the first ten to fifteen minutes, but then um, Macy scored two more to get her hat trick, making it seven one. Easley then got one back before Macy got another goal for 8-2. Francesca got two more, getting her hat-trick, and then it finished 10-2. Um, good game by the whole squad, Lee said. So another great win, um, emphatic win again by Lynn. So they're doing great again, which is brilliant. I don't think they've had a close game all season, have they? No, they've had that one loss, didn't they, against the, the other team? The Oldham they lost to. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, it seems to be them two that are competing at the top uh, for promotion, but no, they're doing really well um, and hopefully, you know, they carry on through the season and, you know, get that promotion that they deserve. Real. Okay, thanks a lot, Helen. So, good luck next week. Listening to the Warrington Football Podcast. Going to go across to the vets now. Tim, if you can hear me over the ringing in your ears after your injury this afternoon, how are you yes. feeling? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Wasn't feeling that great about. Half eleven this morning after I had a full pelt ball in the side of the head and the ear. My ear was, you know, when you go on a pitch and your ears are cold because it's cold. Oh, it's nothing worse, is there? No, I'm not kidding. You could have cooked meat on my ear when after this ball had hit it. 
it was roasted, it was throbbing, and it was like the back of the neck as well, so it, it just knocked me a bit silly, to be fair. It still uh, makes I me didn't... laugh that you can't have your headphones over that ear. No, it's sore, right? I'm <laughs> expecting bruising tomorrow. So, um, I've got five scores from the Vets League, so it's most of the oh, Warrington wow. teams. So, Warrington teams for the Vets is, is really picking up now. Um, so, Eagle had Richmond Rovers in the Premiership for the Vets Leagues. Uh, Eagle came, um, unfortunately lost 5-3 today with goals from uh, Mike Hitman and two from Stu Wellstead. Stu's been oh, a really big yeah, goal scorer for a, a few years. Is, is um, Stu still playing for Vulcan as well on a Saturday? Yeah, he plays Vulcan Saturdays and then... Oh, um, tell you what, what a player he was when he was younger. He was unbelievably good. Well, I, I had the privilege of playing against him last season in the semi-final of the County Cup, and he was still pretty bloody good, to be fair. He's horrible, isn't he? He's horrible yeah. to play against. Can't get near him. He's like, he's like, his legs are like Stretch Armstrong. He just moves the ball away from you. I don't know if you saw him. I think it might have been two seasons ago. He was playing in a cup final for Vulcan and he almost did a Maradona hand of God goal and he oh, basically no, slapped a ball in from a corner in a cup <laughs> final and ended up winning the cup final for his team. Oh, I did, you know, it was videoed, wasn't it? Yeah, it was videoed and, and the yeah, opposition did, team yeah. were just going absolutely ballistic. It was yeah, hilarious. It. He is still a quality player though. Um, then... Next was Wollstone Rovers from Division 1. They had played Samba FC, um, and it was a 1-1 draw, which is uh, a good result. I don't think they picked many points up this season, Wollstone, up to now, but um, that's a good result for them guys. Um, my team, Bruce, travelled to Mossley Hill for the quarterfinal of the County Cup today. Um, I walked out of the changing rooms, and there was a lovely pitch right in front of us, and he said, yeah, we're not playing on that. And we ended up walking... I don't know, half a kilometre to this pitch behind a like, stately home, which was on a hill, on an angle going down. So, lovely. And it was a mud bath. So, it wasn't much football played. And unfortunately, we came out, we lost 2-1. Um, I had three new players play today. So, um, Craig Rigby played. It was his birthday today as well. So, it was his debut on birthday. Was it, um, was it his 35th? It was his 36th. Oh, so, so he could have been playing a year earlier. Yeah. Um, Craig's actually our first team manager at the club as well, so it's quite good. We've got a lot of coaches in the team. Uh, a lad called Dave Taylor played today, and Rob Greaves made their debuts. Um, the goal came from Tony Johnson from the spot, so Dave Taylor was brought down in the box, um, and Tony... Tony's very reliable. He's he's had a goal every game this season he's played, so he's been a great signing. But man of the match was our friend Phil Cleary. Phil had a monster game. I think Phil likes mud baths because he just seems to get stuck in. He gets his tackles in. He comes off absolutely um, covered in mud. Everyone was brilliant. brilliant. Matty Mayers went in net for me today because our normal keeper, Danny Parnell, wasn't available. Yeah, it was, there was loads of positives. It's just coming back from them nine weeks off because of the bad weather. It's hard, isn't it, to yeah. get going? But we'll we'll get it. We've got five games on the bounce, so hopefully. 
Oh, We've wow. got Earl's Town who are sitting at the bottom of the league. I'm not saying anything. I'm not jinxing myself, but hopefully we'll have a good game next week if Tetley Walkers isn't too soft. Um, next up was Cheshire Cheese, who we played against last season. They played Parklands in the League Cup. Um, my co-coach for the under-7s at Bruce told me that they got beat 5-1 today. Um, so that was a bit of a tonking from Parklands. Parklands are a good side anyway, but Paul was saying they just seem to ha- don't have any strikers up top for the cheese this season. And then I've got a nice match report from Greenalls, who played just before Helen today on Tetley Walkers. Uh, Steve is a very happy man because Mr. Worrell got his clean sheet today. I've got to give that a massive shout out. Steve Worrell got a clean sheet today and he will probably text me when after the pod comes out. But Broadheath haven't been beat for two seasons. Well, right? Haven't lost a league game in two seasons. Um, came to Tetley Walkers today. First half, Greenholz had all the possession. Absolutely played. Broadheath off the park. They really struggled to get hold of the ball. Um, had a lot of chances, but not really finishing them off until just before half time, where Mike Forrest um, scored the first goal of the game after a shot from Mark Hughes uh, was saved by the keeper. In the second half, Broadheath came out with a bit more oomph, and, um, but didn't really cause Greenholz any problems. Broadheath went down to 10 men due to um, Sin bin player for descent for 10 minutes, uh, where Greenholz capitalised and went 2-0 up uh, with a goal uh, for Mark Hughes from an assistant from uh, Mike Forrest. And then uh, uh, I think this might be a record for Vets football, but Daz, uh, Desley was yellow-carded after about 30 seconds of entering the pitch. So, I haven't got the full details of what he did, but it sounds like he uh, he went for it straight away. Uh, then Greenalls went 3-0 up with a through ball from Mark Keddy. So, Mark Keddy's quite a decent player as well. He played at Runcorn Town in his younger days and he's quite uh, he's a really good player. I played against him in pre-season. Um, and set Mike Forrest up for his second goal of the game. Um, last 10 minutes... Broadheath were going for it, but Steve Worrell, he's put, he's wrote this himself. Steve Worrell's pulled <laughs> off an absolutely worldy reflex save to keep his clean sheet. So he's mentioned his clean sheet about 10 times in this report, by the way. I think he's just stating he got one. Um, brilliant, brilliant performance from the guys, and they're all absolutely buzzing and had a few pints in the, in the pub afterwards. And the man in the match today was David French, who I grew up with as a kid. Live on not too far from me, so yeah, really good result for Greenalls, and I appreciate the report. So don't get many for the vets, and that's my roundup for the vets today. Brilliant! It's great to see a few more games getting played again. So obviously we've had um, quite a few weekends where there's not been many games, so really good yep. to see more games going yep. on again now. Listening to the Warrington Football Podcast.
Welcome back to the Warrington Football Podcast. We're now going to talk about the Cheshire League results from the weekend, starting with the Cheshire Prem. So, Altrincham Reserves drew 2-2 with Winstanley Warriors. Denton Town lost 3-1 at home against Middlewich Town. Um, Parklands beat AFC Nosley by one goal to nil. And then we've got quite a few. So, also, Wally Range beats... Whaley Bridge by three goals to one. Then we've got a few different cup games that were played on Saturday. So Congleton Town Reserves lost 3-1 at home against Sandbach United Reserves in the Crew DFA Saturday Challenge Cup quarterfinal. In the same competition, Crew FC travelled to Holmes Chapel Hurricanes and got an 8-0 victory. In the Mid-Cheshire FA Cup Group stages, Lostock Greylands beat Whitegate United by three goals to one. And the County Cup, Poynton first beat Winsford Town by five goals to two. And Style lost 3-1 at home against Broadheath Central in the Altrincham FA Senior Cup quarterfinals. So in the Cheshire Prem, Parkland's still leading the way and... To be honest, I don't think they're going to be caught. They're six points ahead of second place, Altrincham, and they've actually played seven games less. So that could be a massive lead at the top for Parklands. They've played 14, won 12, drawn one and lost one. So they are very much the team to beat. Eagle, no game this weekend, but they are currently sitting pretty in fourth in the league with 29 points from their 16 games. Into the first division. So a couple of games to talk about here. So Avon Villa lost 2-0 at home against St. Michael's. FC St. Helens Reserves lost 2-0 at home to Runcorn. A local derby between Goulburn and Dayton went the way of Goulburn. Jordan Coates with a hat-trick there, so great day for him and Goulburn. Um, Malpas and Billinge New Street drew one goal apiece. And again, we've then got a few cup games. So, Hanbridge... FC lost at home against Newton in the Chester Challenge Cup second round. Real thumping victory for Nutsford in the Mid-Cheshire FA Cup. They won 13-0 against Winsford Town Reserves. In the Altrincham FA Cup, I think I've talked about this one already, Style lost 3-1 at home against Broadheath Central. And in the Chester Challenge Cup again, Upton beats Chester Nomads by Four goals to nil. So, League One, Upton leading the way. They've got 39 points from their 17 games. Played 12, drawn three and lost two. Moving on into League Two. Moore United lost two goals to one at home against Mersey Valley. Goal there by Tom Fagan-Hall for Moore. Um. Another all-Warrington game, Newton Lee Willows against Lim Rovers. Finished 3-2 to Lim Rovers, who are having a really good season so far. Um, 
Stratford Paddock beat Main Road Reserves by two goals to nil. Westeds and Charlton Reserves beat Hartford by seven goals to one. And the AFC Crew beat Sandbach Town Ramblers by two goals to nil in the Crew Challenge Cup and in the County Cup. Poynton beat Winsford Town by five goals to two. So in the league, Clay Brow still leading the way. They've got a six-point lead over Stratford Paddock, but they played three games more than Stratford, so that could be turning around. Lim Rovers, after that victory over Newton Willows, move up to sixth in the league. They've played 17, won 10, drawn two, and lost five. So they were on 32 points from their 17 games. Into Reserve League One, we've got Broadheath Central Reserves got a 5 0 victory over Poynton Reserves. Crew Reserves lost, sorry, 1 2 1 at home against Goulburn Sports Reserves. Dayton Reserves lost 4-2 at home against Denton Town Reserves. Then Edgerton Reserves lost 4-3 at home against Newton Lee Willows Reserves. Vulcan Reserves beat Avonville Reserves by three goals to nil. And in the Northern Cup second round, Middlewich Town Reserves beat Cape Nurse Villa by three goals to one. So in the Reserve League One, Crew Reserves lead the way. They've got a one-point advantage over Denton Town Reserves, who are one point behind but have played three games less. A further point behind are Vulcan Reserves, so they're on 27 points, two points behind the leaders, but they've played five games left. So results going their way, Vulcan could take the top spot in Reserve League 1. Into Reserve League 2, we've got Clay Brow lost 3-2 at home against Winstanley Warriors Reserves. Crew Development lost 5-0 at home against St. Helens Town under-23s. Haydock Reserves lost 2-1 at home against AFC Nosley under-23s. Lim Rovers Reserves beat Wigan Town Reserves by two goals to one. Goals there by Chris Brownlow and Rory Ridley-Thomas. So good result for Lim Rovers Reserves there. Sambach United Development beat Withenshaw Development by one goal to nil. So, in the league, AFC Nosley under-23s leading the way. They've got a point advantage over Withenshaw Development, but have played two games less. So, again, results going their way. AFC Nosley could pull away a bit at the top of Reserve League 2 in the Cheshire Leagues. Listening to the Warrington Football Podcast. Moving on to the Warrington District League. So, in the Premier Division, Bruce Athletic lost by five goals to nil at home against the Village. So, goals there from Alex Morsley. Aaron Nixon, Cameron Williams, Lewis Hunt and Jack Sim putting Bruce to the sword there. Um, Farmworth Griffin lost 4-3 at home against Victoria Park. Um, Halton Borough welcomed Wollstone Rovers first. And Wollstone got the win. Goals there by James Hankey and Callum Peters. Sankey Vale got a 4-1 win against Croft. 
So just seeing if we've got our goal scorers on there. They've not been uploaded yet. And then the league. So Sidak still leading the way. 25 points. Have a points advantage over Wollstone Rovers first. But have played a game less. So that could turn into a four-point advantage. Sankey Vale in third. Three points behind Sidak. So um, Wollstone could drop down to third, possibly fourth, if the game's in hand go against Wollstone into Division 1. Ryland's Saturday first lost 5-1 at home against Orford first. Sankey Vale Reserves lost at home against Burton Wood by one goal to nil. Village Club Reserves lost by seven goals to one at home against Woodlands. Wilson Rovers reserves got a 5-2 victory over Prospect. Goals there, Craig Blackledge and Lee Blackledge got three goals. So good result for Wilson Rovers reserves there. That sees Blackbrook first still leading the way, unsurprisingly. 100% record, still played 11 and have a positive goal difference of 34. They've got an eight-point lead at the top over Orford first. So, Blackbrook, definitely the first the uh, team to beat in Division 1. Moving on to Division 2. Um, there was a 5-2 win for Crossfields over Wilson Rovers thirds. Um, one for you here, Mike. Um, Burton Wood Reserves played at home against Windle and it was a 16-0 victory for Windle. What a hammer. What a result that is. That is, that is double figures. Classic result, that one. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. Um, Orford Seconds got a 3-1 win over the Church Inn. Uh, Rainhill Youth Development Reserves got a 5-2 win over Croft Reserves. So, in the league, um, surprisingly, even after that huge scoreline, Windle remain in second place, but they've uh, definitely got the best goal difference in that league. They've got a positive 48 goal difference after their 11 games. They're one point behind Orford seconds, but they've played two games less. So, you'd presume that they're going to get at least one point from those two games and take over that top spot. Um, bless them. Poor poor old Burton Woods reserves. Uh, they've had a, a bit of a torrid time this season. Played 11, lost 11, and they've got a negative goal difference. Mike, do you want to have a guess of what their goal difference is after 11 games? Uh, I'm going with minus 50. Minus 50. Anyone want to uh, go higher or lower than minus 50? I know what it is, so I'm not going to say, but it makes our third team at Bruce in the old days look really good. Mike, after 11 games, the goal difference is minus 117. <laughs> no way. 117. Oh, my God. Yeah, I did concede 117 goals back in the day, eh, Chris? Uh, yeah, it's uh, been a really tough season. So, hopefully, they'll they'll get at least one win before the end of the season. But it's been a really hard season there. Into 
Division Three, White Cross got a 6-2 victory away at Bold Miners FC first. Earlstown Athletic got a 6-0 win against Whittle Hall. Penlake first got a 2-1 victory over Redgate. Sutton Junction beat Halton Borough by five goals to one. So in Division Three, Blackbrook leading the way. Another team with 100% records played 10-1-10, positive goal difference of 57. They're only two points ahead of Pexhill, though Pexhill, almost a perfect record as well, played 10-1-9, drawn one, and they've got a positive goal difference of 45. So those two definitely pulling away at the top of Division 3. Listening to the Warrington Football Podcast. Welcome back to the Warrington Football Podcast. We're going to round off this week's show with the Sunday League results. Uh, the founder is going to go through them for us. Jacko, can you go through those scores from today? Yeah, so they're not all been updated yet. Um, the Sunday League aren't very good at doing that. That's one of the downsides of being in the Sunday League. Um, but to the, some of the results I've got, Brookvale nil, Earlstown 1. Um, Earlstown, actually their second league game of the season, sorry, third league game of the season. So even though the Sunday League's been going since uh, since September, the league games have barely been played. There's been a, there's been a cup competition, which has been a group stage. So really, the, the league's not really took off yet. So it's a bit of a strange one. Um but the early, early leaders are the Crown. Remember last year, the Crown had a really good season and they faded towards the end, but they, they beat uh, Clockface by three goals to one. Uh, Peter Boniface, who's a really good player, scored twice, and Andy Robinson. Um, a team that we've played regularly this year, Bruce in Division One, uh, Witness Puzzles, we've played them five times this season already. Um, they they beat Ruskin by three goals to two. And uh, the game I was at, obviously, the the reason why I've not been on the podcast as much is because I've been coaching Bruce, and my coaching record's still as bad as ever. Um, it was Bruce nil, King's Ed six. Um, Glenn Bleckinsop scored twice. He's probably the quickest player in amateur football. Absolutely rapid. Um, Reese Ashcroft, who had an absolute blinder against us. We unfortunately we let him play. We didn't get anywhere near him. Uh, Danny Vernon, Jacob Stretch, and Bobby Thilwin with the goals. Um, that leaves us second from bottom of the league, um, but. Division one, it's 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 been an eye opener how good the standard of Sunday League's been. Uh, obviously, my first season involved with the Sunday League, and it is a much better standard than I thought it would be. Um, some really good teams in there. So, looking at Division one, Red Admiral at top, uh, five games, four wins, one draw. But like I said, it's still very early in the season, um, in terms of Sunday League. So, keep an eye on it because it, it'll bubble up over the season. I think. Will they have to play some midweek games towards the end of the season, obviously, with there being so few games played so far? No, luckily the leagues are quite small. So there's only eight teams in each division. Um, it's not like the old days where there was 12, 13 teams in each division. It's just, just eight each. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it more manageable, doesn't it? It does. It's, it makes it a bit better as well. I mean, the standards the standards evened out a bit. You know, you haven't got good teams. We aren't, we aren't going to play the... Because we're getting stuffed every week anyway. We're not having to go and play the gate teams like the Crown or the or Sankey, uh, Sankey. They were just class. So yeah, it's been a good, been a good season. Um, I'm enjoying it. So keep an eye out for the league results and stuff. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Jacko. Great to have you back. So that brings us to the end of the show this week. So 
A massive thank you to Elliot, Helen, Tim, the returning, don't know what to call you, the godfather, the chairman, the founder. What do you want, Jacko? I think the, found, the founder might be a better idea. The founder. So the founder is that. that. I think flounder. The flounder. <laughs> and as always, a massive thank you to Mike Bayliss for putting this together for us. We genuinely couldn't do it without him. And as always this season, thank you to Touchline for sponsoring the show. So this has been the Warrington Football Podcast. Jacko, do you want to say the tagline on your return? No, I'll let you do it, mate. I don't, want to take, I don't want to take your glory. Oh, come on. And once again, hopefully we've shown you that Warrington is more than just a rugby town. Watch. You've just listened to the Warrington Football Podcast, sponsored by Touchline UK. Follow us on Twitter at Warrington Foot. Get our podcast from Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.